this week marks the first time that I have edited an entire episode on my own. So bear with me as I am going through a learning curve. It's not quite as refined as Amelia's expert editing, but I am working on it and I am learning and I'm having a good time doing it. This week we're going to take an adventure into Hairdyne land, and we're going to explore the wonderful world of dog poop. Ooh, be prepared. And you get to come with me on my adventure to the Big Pagan Con here in the Bay Area and hear all about people that won't shut the hell up about things when they probably should. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, everybody. So... Pitney and I recorded a lot of stuff about a month ago so we could get way ahead because I'm about to have surgery here pretty soon. Or at least I think I am. Because the world kind of went all to shit all of a sudden, didn't it? I just wanted to jump on here real quick to say that we hope everybody's doing okay with your social distancing and washing your damn hands and all that. And... Just do as you're told, because everyone at the hospital is working round the clock to treat as many people as they can, and we need to get this shit under control. And while you're isolated, we're going to continue putting out our goofy crap to keep you laughing. So we love you, stay safe, and stop touching your face. for days oh well you know (laughs) but it's just like i've been busy and then we were supposed to record yesterday but i ended up sleeping until what four in the afternoon something like that yeah and like right now even though i literally have hair dye i have blue and purple dye in my hair as we speak it's just you know it's just a normal day here at at casa amelia just, you know, hair dye, shower cap, walking around singing songs from Pirates of Penzance for no goddamn reason. It's... See, that sounds fabulous, <laughs> yes. I hope my I hope the the crinkling of my of my shower cap doesn't get picked up by the mic because it's just so it's so gauche. Well, if it is, it's a little bit of glamour. Okay, so you texted me earlier. Yes. And you said that this might be a little more purple than normal. So I, I'm a little intrigued. Yeah, because, you know, I was I was going turquoise for a while. I was very turquoise for a while, and I would have purple underneath. And um, I started going into more of a straight-up blue direction. But for some reason, my hair doesn't take the blue dye the same way it takes the turquoise dye. And the, and the blue fades into, like, a perfect kind of denim indigo color that I really really like and it goes really well with my gray hair because of course the you know now that I've been dyeing my hair blue for a few years I'm realizing that there is no blonde left under there it is fucking gray (laughs) 
Really? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think oh I'm my blonde God, anymore. I didn't know that. I don't think I'm blonde anymore officially. When I when I applied for my passport the other day, I just went I just gave in and put gray for my hair color. Oh wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a first. That's new. I thought about putting blue, but I, I don't think that's what they want. I don't think they want to say eyes blue, hair blue. I don't think they would assume that that was bullshit. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't like no. that. But, but but the thing is that um, because my hair doesn't take the blue dye the same way, I thought maybe incorporating a little more purple, a little plum into the blue. So I started with the purple underneath again and then put the blue on top. But what I was doing was sort of combing up and over and sort of letting the colors mix a little bit, I guess I could say. Oh, So okay. I really don't know what's going to happen. But um, I'm kind of excited. I, I, you know, I've been, I've been, it's, it's been a little while since I've done a real touch up. So uh, it's terribly exciting. It's always a oh, well, bit I'm of a crap to see, So yeah, you'll have to send me pictures so I can actually see it. Oh yes. You know, it's like, it's what the kids would call mermaid hair, but it's, it's not mermaid hair. It's old, it's old lady with blue hair hair. <laughs> I know, but that's fabulous. But God, that's so weird. I can't even envision you being gray, but. I know, right? But, you know, that's where we are now. Although now, you know, I've been dyeing my beard and my hair. I've been using the Just for Men uh, Reducing Gray Shampoo. Oh, okay. And so I've been doing that and my beard, so I no longer have any gray, which. Do they still make Grecian formula? You know, I don't know. My dad was heavily into Grecian formula back in the day. That shit just looked like water. I never understood what it did, but I was fascinated by it. Yeah, but this works and it seems to be natural looking and it's just like all of a sudden I'm not gray anymore. And so like, yeah, so I'm just going to go with it. That's fabulous. I'm shameless. I don't care. So it's not it's not like a color depositing thing. It's not like a dye where it could dye your scalp or anything. It's just... It just affects the hair itself. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. And even like the just for men beard dye, mm-hmm. it for some it does not dye the skin, which is really really good. Yeah, cause because because I remember back in the day when I used to dye my hair colors. Yeah. Remember, I had perpetually weird. It was like I had black ears or blue ears or red ears. <laughs> well, uh, see, I color. I cover before I start coloring. I pull all my hair up and I cover all my skin around my face and my ears and my neck with coconut oil to kind of make a barrier. But I saw online, they sell these silicone ear cover things that remind me oh. of the old like rubber Spock ears you could buy at the, at uh-huh. the, in the costume shop. But, um, but they're like blue silicone ear covers to keep you from dyeing your ears and i think they're so glamorous and i really want to buy some i wish they'd come in all different colors that sounds fabulous yeah because they all every time for some reason they always seem to be blue and it's like well if i'm allowing myself to be sloppy enough because i have ear covers on it's like oh i'm gonna get it all over my face and my neck and you know it's like where's my silicone neck brace and my (laughs) god I have, oh, I remember helping I get it all down you one my arms. time with the blue dye, and I ended up, yeah. like, dyeing half your neck, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that was when I was first starting with the blue, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. I, did... I remember, oh, I was so horrified because I got so much dye all over your neck, and I remember feeling so bad. But it's kind of weird, like, I, I miss my room at your house. Yeah, we closed the door, and, um, well, we did, we did strip the bed. He, mm -hmm. he decided that we should strip the bed and make the bed again. And then, like, close up that wing of the house, you know. Oh, my God. Have you even been in that room since I left? Well, I had to go in there to get the space heater because I needed it for my office. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I have decided to leave the door cracked because I don't I don't want it to get super stuffy in there. We just didn't want Miss Little little Puppy Dog to decide that he's going to go in there and secretly poop or something when we're not looking. Oh, my God. Yeah, because then you wouldn't find it for days and then it'd be, like, dried to the carpet. So, yeah, that'd be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he poops so small and so solid that if you just, if it just dries, you can just pick it up with your hand and it doesn't, it doesn't get into the carpet at all. It's actually better to find it a couple days later. <laughs> Do you remember when we first got him? Because he's always gone under the couch. He's very into under the couch. But when he was a tiny puppy, do you remember uh, the Zen poop garden under the couch? No. Was that his secret spot? It was, but the thing was, we didn't know about it for a really long time. And it's like a toy rolled under the couch and I reached under to find it. And I was like, what are all these little, like it felt like little rocks, like all over the place. And so I got a flashlight and I looked and the, the entire under the couch was just poop. Oh my God. It was, it was frightening because he was still bitty. I mean, he wasn't even a year old. He was bitty. And it was like, that was months and months of poop. And he was still pooping outside. I mean, it's not like we thought he was constipated uh, or anything. So Well, at least he outgrew that because, oh my God. Oh, it was horrifying. And that was when we started putting bricks and things um, around the edge to keep him from going under the couch. But he, I mean, now we just deal with it. He just goes under there when he's stressed out sometimes. But... Yeah, because, like, last weekend, not, you know, like, two days ago last weekend, but a week ago last weekend, uh -huh. me and Mom, I got, I don't even remember what we did. Oh, we went to go see my aunt at the nursing home. Oh, yeah. So we were gone, I don't know, nine hours. And for the first time ever since we've been here, that was a long time for Joxer to be in the house by himself. And he had an accident. I mean, he kind of knows it's his house, but it's... Maybe, do, do you think he feels at home there? Like that that's home now? Oh, absolutely. Now? Oh, yeah, absolutely okay. now. Well, yeah. Cool. You know, but he had an accident. Aw, poor puppy. And it was in the middle of my mom's bedroom floor. Interesting that he went in there. Well, and I think it's because, you know, my room is his room. Right. So he's not going to poop in here. Right. Right. You know, in the living room, the dining room, the back room, all of that, those are places he goes. So, yeah, your mom's room is like, it, it's the equivalent of outside because he doesn't ever Yeah, because he had never even been in there before. Oh, man. Okay. And the amazing thing was, you know, mom was just like, Pitney, come see this. Look at what happened. You need to deal with it. And I was like, oh, Okay. And the thing was, Mom, totally, she was like, oh, we were gone for so long, he just couldn't help it. It's okay. Aww. Worse, could you imagine 10 years ago? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, really. 
Yeah, it would have been the end of the fucking world. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. But she loves him now. She does. He, he does. Oh he my does, god! He's a little sweetie pie, though. He does win people over very easily. Hi, everybody. This is I shake my head with Lisa and Sam. Hello. Okay. Four things people need to know right off the top, Lisa. Tell them. 20 years, besties. Woohoo! <laughs> Two. We're almost 50. No, Samantha, stop that. Just stop that. You're almost 50. Whatever. Oh. Three. We podcast from my car. We're sitting inside your car right now. Four. We're from Canada. We're from the heart of the prairies. We're from Saskatchewan. And if you're unsure if that's a real place, just Google it. Yeah. But we also bring you a new episode every single Friday. We do. It's about an hour long, but you know what? Time goes by quick. Because we're just two crazy women bantering, talking about lighthearted topics. Talking over each other all the time. We argue, we disagree, but we always go back to laughing. We do. We just want to be the least stressful part of your week. Exactly. So you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, and any other podcast app that you have. We're all over social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So, ooh, let's talk about why you've been so hard for me to get hold of the last few days. You've had a busy weekend. Oh, my God. Yes, I have. Woo! I went to uh, Pantheacon. Pantheacon. I keep wanting to call it Panopticon, but that's a completely different thing. <laughs> right, right. Which is a big uh, pagan convention. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like, you know, like the biggest, but it's a pretty big deal. Like I, when I lived in Texas, I was aware of Pantheacon. And the interesting thing is I thought it was like Worldcon or something where it changed locations every year. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, it's been in San Jose the whole time. I had no idea. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's always been in San Jose, and it's always been in our beloved Red oh Lion. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that hotel. Which is now the Double Tree, but it's right. still the but Red it's, Lion. But it's the same. It's still, we have we have uh, anointed that building. <laughs> Um, the carpeting has changed, mm. but other than that, the hotel is identical. Oh. The restaurants are in the same places. The bar is in the same place. Yeah, everything. There's been no, no movement of restaurants, no movement of rooms. Everything's exactly the same. It's just the carpet. So Pantheacon, so it's like pan pagan it's it's a little of everything i'm guessing i uh, yeah it was just, yeah it was just pretty much i went to a bridget ritual i went to a hakate ritual i went to an ancient egyptian ritual where we had ancient egyptian beer oh like someone found an old recipe for beer and they Made it the way the Egyptians yeah, did? Yeah, yeah. And that was cool. And then I went to the Radical Fairies have, like, a big hospitality room there. Ooh, maybe you should explain who the Radical Fairies are. Because I don't, I'm, I'm going to assume our listeners don't know. Yeah, the Radical Fairies are, like, this queer group of activists that I guess started in the 60s. Oh, were they that old? I always think of them as being part of the ACT UP generation. I always think of them as You know, that. oh, they were really involved in that, yeah. But it's just like this crazy 
Well, it was a bunch of crazy groups of just like gender bending, crazy ass people right. that were fabulous, right? And now it's a little more sedate than that. But the people were really, really friendly and it was really, really cool. And I, you know, I went to some parties in their room and then Saturday night I volunteered and I helped them decorate and clean the room because they had a big uh, BDSM party. Oh my God. But I did, I did not go to it because that is so not my thing. No, But I did help set up the room for it, you know. So did they have like a accoutrement? Like, in the room? Like, things for... I don't know. I wasn't there close enough to the party's beginning that I don't know. Because there was talking of, like, oh, this could be a big play space, and oh, let's put this here. This is a great place to fuck. And I was like, yeah, I'm so not coming. (laughs) I mean, that's great. Oh, I know. But so, no, 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 I so was not going to go. But I did help them set up for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... But the night before, I did end up at about two in the morning with six other people in their spa tub. Oh, my God. (laughs) So that was fun. Okay, for... And, I mean, it was purely non-sexual. It was just us being silly. That's You know, but that was kind of fun. A little scandalous, you know. That's a damn big tub, I'm thinking, for adults to... A bunch of adults to be in. Oh, yeah, and it was. It was all people, you know, like, our age, you know, yeah, it was all, but yeah, it was really fun. But we did it, we all fit, and it was it was just very silly. Fabulous. You know. Fabulous. So, so when you said, when you told me that you were there, I googled it because I didn't know about it, and the first thing I saw was a thing saying that this year was going to be the last one. What the fuck? Yeah, so apparently it is, but then also apparently... It's being taken over by somebody else, and it's still going to continue, but under a different name. Which, That's awesome. just like HavenCon, I totally knew that was going to happen, right? Because people love it, and they don't want to give it up. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, a couple years ago, there was a big scandal involving this convention. And I remember, you know, living in Texas at the time and being involved in pagan community online even i in texas 1700 miles away which had never been to this con before never even heard of it before was aware of this scandal that's how big of a deal it was crazy you can go online and there is endless essays and endless opinion pieces of people on both sides of the fence and quite frankly if you don't agree with me i don't give a fuck what you have to say so I don't read a lot right, of it, right. right? But apparently, and this is just from my point of view, apparently the scandal started because of some old fart cunt named Z Budapest. Z Budapest! Who is like, <laughs> apparently she is like a legendarily fabulous feminist. Um, but she's also a goddamn academic, which makes me hate oh. her because she's a goddamn academic. Do you think she's friends with Birch Moonwoman, <laughs> who is oh, our favorite God, academic feminist just in terms of awfulness? Probably. Oh, yes. But apparently what had happened, <laughs> my understanding of it is that she was doing some big women's ritual and she had... Uh, excluded trans people from being involved in it because they don't have a uterus. Oh, 
Oh, so she's one of them turf cunts. And which, uh, you know, I kind of understand if maybe the ritual was focused on. If it's focused on monthly men- Yeah, if it's all about menstruation, then okay. But yeah, it's, and but that's maybe probably- it was that. Maybe it wasn't that. I don't even know. And quite honestly, I don't care enough to research it more right. than that. Because I just it doesn't don't matter care. because she was being exclusionary and a bitch. And they created a big, big stink. And apparently, people that ran the con ended up banning her from participating in the con again. And then ended up banning other people for siding with her. And then people on the other side got pissed off. And all I've read about online now is, like, all of this, like, hyper-PC horseshit. Well, I'm not going anymore because even though I disagree with her, they didn't let her talk. And I'm not going anymore because it's been exclusionary to begin with. And this is just prove how exclusionary it is. And it's been like just this crazy PC fucking horseshit that I could not even relate to. Oh, my God. Because it just makes me want to vomit. But people are just, they want to be mad no matter what side they're on. So they're going to be mad. Yeah. Pro or yeah. against her. And. Oh God. So I, anyway, so that was how I learned about PantheaCon, unfortunately, was through this scandal. And I'm assuming that she was, she was just some woman that was there who happened to do a ritual. Yeah, she but wasn't apparently, you know, con. she's very well renowned and very well known, you know, in pagan circles. And I'm sure, like, all the 70-year-old goddess worshippers who hate men right. probably think she's the most fabulous thing that ever walked the earth, right? Because there's a lot of pagans of those ilks out there. There's a lot of them, right? Anyway, but whatever, whatever. So that was my introduction to the existence of PantheaCon, was reading about all this scandal a couple years ago. Wow. And so I started reading about the con, and I was like, well, that sounds fun to me. And so anyway, long story short is I ended up going there this year. And let me tell you my experience of it. It was fabulous. I had never been in a space before where there were so many trans people and so many non-binary people. I'd gone to gay Mm -hmm. events, right? Which basically a gay pride event is just an excuse to go and get drunk and suck cock, right? Right. So I've been around a lot of drunk people, around a lot of gay people before, but I had never been around so many trans, non-binary people before, and I thought it was beautiful and wonderful, and it was amazing. And people who are not just that that's their identity, but they are like fully expressing it so that when so that you know, yeah. so that you totally know instantly. And the people. Yeah that I had spoken with and the people that I had met and the sheer inclusion that I witnessed, it was mind blowing to me. And I felt so enriched and so happy to be there. And I thought it was so beautiful. Breathe deeply, deeply the year of woo. Any 
anyway, so you had texted me about how you've been having interesting things happen lately and you feel like your intuition is waking up or something. Well, yeah, that's true. And I, I think I, I sent you a, um, maybe it was a text. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just a series of events that happened, you know, that some of them made me stop doing something I was going to do. And uh-huh. then other intuitions made me start something that I knew I was going to do, but not when. See, that's so good. Now, is this something that you believed in before? Did you just think it was a bunch of hoo-ha? I don't really know one way or another, really. But after uh-huh. that, this after this concentrated you know series of things seeming like uh, it's more real that's so cool so tell me like what was it like what happened well uh, that's it it was a number of things you know i i've been wanting to get a car and i've kept putting it off and putting it off and uh, then i was sick and i couldn't do it and then i i was starting to get better and so you know i was really um you know i'd been kind of housebound uh-huh and so um, I was just sitting there, you know, thinking about just, God, I want I want to just go out or take a walk or whatever. And then all of a sudden it just came into my head that I should go to the Jim Click car sale, which he has a couple of times a year. And I didn't go to the last one because I was sick and I hadn't even thought about it. But then I just got this feeling like I should go now. And so I did. And I went through the, uh, the the first time that I went, I didn't even go in. I just looked at in the window and I was like, no, I can't deal with this. Uh-huh. Then this day when I got there, I went in and I registered and started driving cars and uh, didn't like the first one. The second one, we got a phone call in the middle of the test drive. Oh, it's already sold. You shouldn't have taken that one out. Oh, was pretty good but the fourth one oh my god it's so fabulous i love my new car i wasn't planning on you know going there that day but it just popped into my head that this is the time to go see that's so cool and so i did yeah and then the other thing is a couple of days ago i was sitting around and i thought you know i really should go to Sprouts and you know, stock up on canned goods and things like that. And so I did. I went and bought a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, and then, you know, a few days later now, I'm watching film at 11 of people trying to buy stuff in the stores and the shelves are empty and all this stuff. Uh-huh. So um, the thing is, is when I got home from that shopping, I turned on the television while I was putting this stuff away and the president was on the news making his corona speech his first one. Oh my god you know that's happening now it's really starting and i already did my shopping see there you go and then there was another thing too that you told me about well yeah i told this friend of mine that i would go on a cruise with him uh-huh but when i called the cruise guy to book it everything about the call was saying no don't do this now no don't do this now and so i put him off and i you know and i hung up and he, the guy even checked he made a phone call while we were on you know, and call me back. Oh, yeah, you can get your passport if you speed it up, blah, blah, blah. And I do have my passport now because um, I'm probably I might go on one in the fall. But who knows whether there will be cruises anymore. So, oh, uh, God, I know. Right. Vince let me know that they turned the ship around. They're on their way back to Miami. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to happen. So I texted him. Do you think this might happen? 
I didn't hear back from him until he said, oh, it's happening. So there was that thing with the boat trip. I felt weird about it. And also that, is it the luminosity? No. What is that word? That that camp out place. Shit. Um, Not luminosity. Lucidity. Lucidity. The lucidity thing. I got the same, you know, you shouldn't go to this right now thing. Mm-hmm. How to be not possible anyway. But but yeah, so it's just um, a lot of stuff like that. So See, I'm, that's so, that is so interesting. Or, you know. Because for the most part, I think it's it's helped me, you know. And I mean, I could go to a, to the Lucidity Festival next year, and I could go on a cruise next year or whatever. But I remember having this this just heavy feeling in my chest that no, you should you can't go on this cruise. I come home, and this morning I read an article by somebody who was presenting at the conference this mm-hmm. weekend, who's also another goddamn academic. Fucking academics. Which means they're PC to the point where they need to shut the right. fuck up. Wrote this whole essay about, oh, it's so sad to see it go, but I'm so glad that it's going. Because it was so exclusionary. And they were actually there. Yeah, no, but this fucking essay was like, let's take a moment to mourn the empty seats for all the trans people that weren't there. Yeah, never mind the ones who were. (laughs) And let's take a moment to mourn for all the pagans of color that weren't there. Oh, Jesus. It's like, bitch, were we at the same convention? Right, right. Oh, my God. I don't know what it was like five years ago, but let me tell you, I've never been in any place as inclusionary in my life. Right. And it brought me to tears that I was so moved, and I thought it was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. I don't know what it was like before, because what was it like before? It was like, this is like trans people only, like cis people, fuck off. Because that's how these people are making it sound like it was before. You know, it's really, really weird. I don't even understand. Reading these essays and reading these articles, it just makes me want to throw up on the carpet. Oh, my God. Because it's like, how could it have been better than it was? And how could all these people be pissing? Oh, it's always been exclusionary. It's always been bigoted and we've always our voices have not been heard and it was like i heard nothing but trans and queer voices the whole time i was there and i thought it was a beautiful moving experience and i want to and i want to point out for it but because you and i a couple years ago because we went to haven con and we were both so blown away by how inclusionary haven con was that it was like the first time we'd ever been in a space where everything was equally inclusionary to the point of just, I mean, well, like, like walking into a room and knowing instantly that you're surrounded by people who are finally in a place where they can be themselves and celebrating that whether they can celebrate it outside of there, they're celebrating it there. And it was, and it was so strange like you know we we pretty much walk around in the world feeling you know a little awkward but more or less accepted in the world somewhat 
But oh, totally. walking into a place where you instantly can feel that the vibe is different and knowing that you had already been through that. So for you to have been this blown away by how PantheaCon was and how inclusionary it was, it had to have been way beyond what we'd already experienced. So I can only imagine. Oh, I know. You know, but on the other hand, all the stuff that I've been reading has been by, like, these hyper-PC, hyper-activist academic types that never shut the fuck up about anything. That I don't even know what to believe now. And I met the woman who was the founder of the con. And she was a beautiful, wonderful person And I can't imagine that she would have intentionally, you know, shut out, you know, people of color or the trans community or the, you know, whatever the fuck. I, I just can't even believe that that would have been an intentional act. And I will go so far as to say that, no, it was not an intentional act and shut the fuck up. Right. Because we're also living in the real world. Sure. We're not living... In a pagan village, it's some fantasy where there's numbers taken of, okay, there's this many straight people, and for every white straight person, there has to be five people that aren't white and straight, because that's going to make it fair, right? Right. (laughs) There's like a census taken. I just don't understand it. It Right. And then if it is not like we don't have enough uh, Latin American people here, so someone needs to go out on the street and round some up and bring them in here because we need more of them in here. I know, and if somebody's dropping it, and then of course, and then you know the people that are here, oh, they're going to feel marginalized for no reason right. because oh, nobody has a, a, a panel specific to this. It was like, well, bitch, if you want a panel specific to that, Big one. well, why don't you? write it and make it and then make people because would go. pretty much everything that's there is there because somebody actually did it and honestly I, I can't imagine that it's that walking into a place like that you feel more misrepresented or whatever than you do out in the world like it's actually it has to be actually better than the world is and that doesn't mean it can't possibly improve it just means that everyone you know everyone has to make an effort Yeah, and I cannot speak for, nor do I claim to speak for anybody else's experience. I mean, their experiences are valid. Their feelings are valid. If their feelings were hurt, they felt excluded, whatever, that's valid. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Possibly. I can't speak to anybody else's experience, but we live the world that we live in now is so much PC shut the fuck up. I don't even want to live in it anymore. It just drives me fucking insane. It is It is aggravating. It is better than the other extreme. Yeah. But I've not heard the fucking word consent more in the last two days than I've heard in my life. And it was largely for nothing. Right. Oh, do I have consent to shake your hand? Do I have consent to touch your shoulder when I'm talking to you? Do I have consent to look at you? Because I might offend you because I'm looking at you and you're such a goddamn snowflake. (laughs) It's turned into that. May I walk past you or will you find it offensive? It drives me crazy. And I just use the word snowflake. Oh my God, am I going to get a death threat? You know, it's crazy. 
absolutely insane. Do I have consent to fart in your presence? <laughs> you know, and so, like, the hyper-awareness that I noticed at PantheaCon, whereas I agree with it, it's gotten to the point where it's paranoid and it was weird. Did it feel like it was more than it would have been if, let's say, there hadn't been the scandal? Like, there, like it was, it was an extreme reaction to the attitude that people had towards the con because they thought the con was at fault. I think so. I totally think so. And that was just so weird. And like I said, I wasn't there. I don't know. All I'm saying is what I read. But it was really fucking weird. And there were people talking about it this year. And I was like, I wasn't here. I don't even want to talk about this. Yeah. Because my opinion, obviously, is not popular. Because, you know, if I just said what I said, Birch Moon Woman, (laughs) M-O-N, because she can't have the word man in her name, she'd kick my ass, right? Oh, God. Because how dare I have an opinion? Well, you know, you you penis haver. You penis havers aren't allowed to speak around Birch Moon Woman. (laughs) Birch. But I will say that everybody that I met, it was beautiful. And I met so many trans people that I've never been in a setting where I'd met so many trans people. And it was such a beautiful experience. So I don't understand where this is all coming from. I I don't know. But I've lived here for three months. This was my first PantheaCon. My opinion is I thought it was beautiful. I don't know which sort of hippie paradise it was before. Right, right. But I didn't think it could possibly gotten better. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh, and I, I just have to ask because, um, of course, my brain goes there. Were there a lot of hot trans guys there? Because you know how you and I are both very into trans guys. Okay, I'm not joking. Three times I've met, I met people that I was having these conversations with. And I was like, mm, mm, mm. Uh-huh. trans men, apparently I'm very attracted oh, to trans men. Oh, I know men. I am. I know I am. Oh, my God. So attracted to trans men. <laughs> and which is fine. And that that is sexually challenging to me because my sexual wiring is so... You're very pro-penis. Anti-vajayj. <laughs> But I have been attracted to these men, and I felt enough connection with these men that had the conversation gone in that direction, I would have been willing to go there. Yeah. Which was very, very, very interesting to me. And I realized maybe I'm not so gay as I think. Well, it's still a man. It's just, yeah. It's and it's still, still a, man. a man, and maybe queerness, because to me, like, queerness was all about I'm into cock. Right, right. And I'm realizing that queerness is so much more than right. that. And this has been so eye-opening to me, because this has happened before over the last couple sure. years, where I've been really attracted to trans men that did not have a penis, but I was like, wow. I, you know, my initial reaction was I wanted to suck some cock. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But I've been so attracted to these people physically and energetically that I was like, well, shit, let's try something new. (laughs) (laughs) 
Very, uh, yeah, it's been very eye-opening. Oh, yeah. Very eye-opening. Very, very interesting to me. And I hope that's not offensive. I'm just being honest. Oh, I'm not no. trying to be offensive. No, I don't think it's offensive at all because I think... But somebody somewhere is going to somehow make that a phobic thing. But it's not. So shut oh, up. Oh, like, like, we're, like we're fetishizing people. It's like, no, but the fact the fact is, it's kind of like people who are biracial are frequently super, super hot because... Because blending automatically creates more attractive features, but like, but yeah, trans I know, men. This, I know. And I don't know if it's I don't I don't know if it's because of of a certain hormonal balance or whatever when you start taking the hormones and doing whatever. But there is something so utterly yummy about everything that happens when a trans man gets. The, the gets the testosterone levels going and oh man oh man oh, oh I man know. Oh. <laughs> I don't I mean I've only ever seen one honestly I've only now granted I I don't know truly how many I've seen because sometimes I can imagine that I don't know but yeah because I know that the first one I ever met uh not attractive at all but <laughs> But, you know, you look like how you look. But, yeah, that, you know, but ever since then, they've all been like, oh, hello. And and honestly, I love, you know, that's my favorite thing about how the change towards kids being being more comfortable of coming out as trans to their parents, like pre-puberty, so that you're not having to fight against puberty. You can actually, like, hit it before puberty happens. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's like, because that's, you know, once you once your features are kind of set in stone hormonally, it's really hard to change them, no matter how many hormones you throw at it. Although, it, it, some changes happen. Yeah, but, yeah. but if you can, you know, start it before... Yeah, it's it's that's that's one of my favorite things about hearing about kids getting to transition at a much earlier age. That's so fantastic. Like they don't have to go through all the oh my god, I hate having this period. I mean, shit, I hate my period too. If I was a dude, I would really fucking hate having my period on a level that I can't even imagine right now. <laughs> Oh, I know, it, but it's just like, I'm sorry, if there's trans kids out there, I'm sorry, go to PantheaCon. Oh, totally go. It is the most accepting, beautiful place on the entire planet, and I don't know where the fuck these people are coming from that they felt they're being excluded, because I can guarantee you they never were. Yeah. Some people just feel it wherever they go, no matter what is actually happening around them. Yeah, I mean, some richety old cunt <laughs> who belongs in the 60s. <laughs> Her opinion is not the opinion of a convention, right. you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I don't care that she's a famous writer or that she's a famous feminist. Whatever. Fuck her. She's a cunt. Right. You know... And her name is stupid. her name is stupid. Her name is stupid. That's not her real name. Give me oh a break. God. And I, I can you imagine if you're going to pick if you're gonna pick a name for yourself that you would pick that? I mean, what kind of an idiot weirdo would you have to be? To pick Z Budapest. You know, and I know that she's, you know, <laughs> a BNP, a big name pagan, uh, but, you know, fuck her. Uh, fuck her and her Deanna worship. She can go live on Sappho's, you know, <laughs> where she doesn't ever have to be with men. You oh know? Pitney's <laughs> oh New Life Diary. 
so it has been just over three months since I've been back to California. And as different as my surroundings are, I really can't say that much has changed about my daily life. You know, the people I see are different, but I still hardly see anyone outside of work. <laughs> that hasn't changed. You know, for the past several years, I've kind of shunned the majority of social events. But, you know, I realize now that I'm happy with that. Not that I don't totally get into a good event or gathering or some spontaneous happening from time to time. But um, people used to call me all concerned and worried about, oh, you're being isolating and you're being a loner. You must be depressed. But no, it's really, really the opposite. I think I'm more outgoing when I'm depressed. And my wild extrovert rides are me sort of like running from myself. But I tend to enjoy my own company more when I am content. So it's interesting how that's kind of stayed the same. You know, I, I thought I'd be depressed and homesick and lonely for my friends. And there's been brief moments of that. But for the most part, all is well and I'm really fine. You know, I still talk to all my closest friends as much as I ever did. And I still feel as connected to everybody. You know, so it's it's the same, even though I'm in a different state. I'm still a loner. I still talk to the dog all the time. And I still love my Xbox more than anything in the world. And so I haven't really changed a whole lot. But something interesting, what I have really changed is my perspective. And I feel like there's so much easing of tension and so much old pain that I carried around for such a long time that I never really realized until it was gone. And I feel like this could have only happened while I was living here, you know, in this house, in my old childhood room. Because, you know, I used to dread coming here to visit for a long time because there was all of this, what to me was like oppressive energy and oppressive memories of family problems and my parents fighting and, you know, issues with my dad being the uh, interesting person that he was. You know, there was a lot of anger here, and I feel like this house and this room in particular used to be such a hotbed of negative energy and resentment for me, but somehow it's just, it's all gone. There's no, you know, there's no anger or despair or rage in here. It's just me now. All the energy in here is just me, and it's really, really nice, and somehow in being here and sort of re claiming this space is my own, it's made me forgive my father, which is not something that I ever thought was even possible. Very, very interesting. And I guess the only other big change is, you know, sort of in the way that I see my mom, it's like she was always like this powerhouse to me. And for the first time, I'm seeing her as 87-year-old little old lady. Not that she's not as active as she's always been and outgoing and whatnot, but it's just, I've noticed and it makes me really sad and I have to like not react emotionally sometimes, but just looking at her, like looking at, you know, her arms and her hands and it's like, oh my God, mom has old lady arms. Oh my God, mom has old lady hands. And it's really weird because I've never noticed that before. So I've been trying to, you know, make it a point to, you know, watch movies with her that I don't necessarily want to watch. But I always end up enjoying. 
um, sitting down. I try to sit down every day and have a meal with her. And I'm trying to do things like that to, you know, really, really value this time that I have here with her because it always just seemed like she was like this perpetual strong woman that I had around when I left California 30 years ago. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, things have changed in 30 years. So that's really interesting. And I mean, I'm not melancholy about it or anything. It's just I'm aware of it. And so that's been a big change. But other than that, life seems to be going on as normal. Yay, life and yay, Xbox. And I hope everybody else's life is going good. And talk to you next time. listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone Everyone loves loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.